Welcome back to the I Don't Know But podcast with your host Angel and Imani. Presented to you by our Heavenly Father, aka the Big G O T. What's up, Angel? It's Thanksgiving week, Angel. No. What? My favorite holiday. This is your favorite holiday. It used to be. I don't even know if I have a favorite holiday anymore. But it used to be my favorite holiday. I just like the coming together of family mm. and eating good. Like Christmas. Without it being about gifts. Christmas, Christmas. But when you look at the history of Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't think of it like that though. So. It kind of, you know, takes away some of the sun. But I don't know. I think as I'm just getting older... Holidays are just holidays. They don't really mean too much anymore. That's sad. Yeah. I mean, I still I still like the food and stuff. I don't feel like cooking, though. Aren't you going to help me? I'll help you, but I'm not cooking everything. And you can cook most of it. No. <laughs> You're becoming a little, a little chef. You can cook most of it. Mm-mm. I'll take care of the turkey. Take care of all the sides. No. Okay, you take care of most of the sides. Mm. You have to learn how to cook them anyway. That way, <laughs> when you have your family, you can take on Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. No. I'll learn later. You can learn now. Why put off for tomorrow what you can do today? So what are we doing? We're doing I need to do I need to do a list because after class I wanna go and get um Are you making banana pudding? Why? Because it's banana pudding. You never make banana pudding. You only eat banana pudding like one time a year. I know, that's how it should be. Once a year. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do banana pudding. I mean, you can make the banana pudding. You can learn how to make it. It's not difficult, honestly. Like, the recipe is everywhere online. But I have to write out a list of everything I need to get. Because I have between now and Wednesday to get it. So, banana pudding, cornbread stuffing, greens, macaroni and cheese. What type of greens? Collard greens. Macaroni and cheese and and sweet potatoes. And I'm doing a turkey breast. I'm not doing a whole turkey. I wish there was a way I could fry it. I wish we had more family. We do have more family. They're just not near. Well, I wish we had more family near. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe one year we'll roll down somewhere. But then again, like I feel like at this point, maybe y'all should just like have your own families and... Well, I'm only 18. I can't do that yet. Don't say can't. <laughs> I'm not married. Well, you can get married. You just get married young. I'm fine with that. I'm actually fine with getting married young. But, like, kids at 18? No, I don't care. Maybe, like, 20. Mm, I'm still thinking 22. But anyway, that's just my thoughts. That's not, that's not my life. I can only go by my thoughts. So, okay, well, we have missed a week. Somebody was going on dates all week? I was not on a date on a Wednesday. Thank you. Mm, but you were going on dates. No, I went on a 
a couple of dates. But that was the prior week. We got it out that week. It was it was last week. We didn't get we didn't get anything out. And I was not I think I went on one date last week and then the weekend. But still, that nonetheless, that has nothing to do <laughs> with it. This is you slacking on your Mac end. No, because it's both of us. What are you talking about? No, because every time I say, come on, Angel, let's... No, you don't. You've been saying that. You only said that today, no. yesterday and today. No, then <laughs> I did. always say it. And you're like, eh, no. we'll do it tomorrow. Eh, we'll do it. And then they just never do it. So now I can look at my text messages and confirm that I have asked. And it just hasn't happened. So there. Anyway... We are going to continue on with Genesis 25 Uh and see how far we can get. I feel like we need to do a double, but I don't want it to be long. Double what? Like double read because we missed a week. No. Mm. Okay. Oh, mm mm. Feel good, so no. You not feel good? You not feel good? It didn't matter. You know what's wrong. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Alright, well, hopefully the Bible will help us feel better. Yes, it will. Mom. <laughs> okay, Father God, thank you, Lord, for. Always keeping us in your loving and caring arms. We thank you for the beautiful skies, um, the weather, for protection, for love, for affection, for kindness, for people who care in this world, in a world where it's not so caring. We ask that as we read your word, you provide understanding and wisdom and guidance and for the listeners, the same. We thank you for all you have done, all you are doing, and all you will do. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You reading? Am I? Do you want to? Not really. Okay. Oh, she's not feeling it, y'all. That's okay. By the end, she's going to be smiling and cheesing, <laughs> and she going to have all this energy because we know how God works. Okay, so this is the death of Abraham. Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan was the father of Sheba and Dedan. The descendants of Dedan were the Asherites, the Letishites, and the Lumites. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanuk, Abida, and El. Duh. All these were descendants of Keturah. I actually like the name Keturah. Abraham left everything he owned to Isaac. But while he was still living, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them away from his son Isaac to the land of the east. Altogether, Abraham lived 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah 
near Mamre, in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite, the field Abraham had bought from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who then lived near Beer Lahai Roy. I wonder if they ever, like, look for... I mean, I know that they have found, like, mummies and stuff from the ancient days in various tombs throughout, like, Africa and stuff like that. But I wonder if they ever, like, look for Abraham, like, if they ever found him or some of the other people. Because Sarah and Abraham are in the same place. Like, I'm going to have to do a Google search on that, see if they ever looked to see if they can find their bodies. Ishmael's sons. This is the account of Abraham's son, Ishmael, whom Sarah's maidservant, Hagar, the Egyptian, bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael, listed in the order of their birth. Naboet, the firstborn of Ishmael, Kedar, Abdil, I'm sorry, Adbeel, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tima, Jeter, Napish, and Kadima. These were the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names of the twelve tribal rulers according to their settlements and camps. Altogether, Ishmael lived a hundred and thirty-seven years. He breathed his last and died, and he was gathered to his people. His descendants settled in the area from Havilah to Shur, near the border of Egypt, as you go toward Asher. And they lived in hostility toward all their brothers. This is the account of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, from Padan Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was a quiet man, staying among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of the red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore on, on an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Mm. So let me just read some of the, the side things. It says, so, 
Although God clearly brings Isaac and Rebekah together in marriage, their relationship isn't without difficulties. During the first 20 years of their marriage, Rebekah remains infertile. Isaac has reason, considering his own miraculous birth, to believe God can enable a barren woman to have children. So Isaac prays to the Lord on behalf of his wife. What a beautiful, caring statement of Isaac's love and concern for Rebecca, which says much about the spiritual intimacy they shared. That is beautiful when your husband will pray for you. That's what we all want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jacob and Esau are about as opposite as twins can be. They go their separate ways each day. Esau off to hunt and Jacob to spend his time by the tents. The two boys bring conflict to their parents as well, with Isaac drawn to Esau, the hunter, and Rebekah to Jacob, a quieter boy. Considering this disunity, it comes as no surprise when Jacob, younger by minutes than his twin brother Esau, seeks the birthright, the right of the firstborn son. The eldest son generally receives the greatest inheritance as well as the privileges and responsibilities of family leadership. Esau holds this position lightly while Jacob covets it. Perhaps this situation is just the one Jacob has been looking for in order to supplant his brother as holder of the birthright, as his name suggests. Jacob is a play on the Hebrew word for heel. He takes by the heel or supplants or deceives. So let's see what's going to happen with them. Because I don't think God's going to like that. Now, there was a famine in the land. This is Genesis 26. Besides the earlier famine of Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And will give them all these lands, and through your offsprings, all nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my requirements, my commands, my decrees, and my laws, so Isaac stayed in Gerar. When the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, She is my sister, because he was afraid to say, She is my wife. He thought the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebekah. Because she is beautiful. It seems like this happens a lot. When Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, She is really your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac answered him, Because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife, and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people, Anyone who molests this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Isaac planted crops in the land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servant had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. 
you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Jerah and settled there. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herdsmen of Gerah quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, The water is ours. So he named the well Esek because they disputed with him. Then they dug another then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna. He moved on from there and dug another well, and no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. I like that. From there he went up to Beersheba. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent, and there his servants dug a well. Meanwhile, Abimelech had come to him from Gerar with Ahuzah, Ahuzath, his personal advisor, and Fecal, the commander of his forces. Isaac asked them, Why have you come to me since you were hostile to me and sent me away? They answered, We saw clearly that the Lord was with you. So we said, There ought to be a sworn agreement between us, between us and you. Let us make a treaty with you, that you will do us no harm, just as we did not molest you, but always treated you well and sent you away in peace. And now you are blessed by the Lord. Isaac then made a feast for them, and they ate and drank. Early the next morning, the men swore an, swore an, an oath to each other. Then Isaac sent them on their way, and they left him in peace. That day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well they had dug. They said, we found water. He called it Sheba. And to this day, the name of the town has been Beersheba. When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, daughter of Beri the Hittite, and also Basimath, daughter of Elon the Hittite. They were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebekah. So let's read the side. It says, Old Testament Hebrew parents chose wives for their sons. Sometimes the young man did the choosing and his parents the negotiating. And sometimes the girl was asked whether she consented. But, rare, but rarely did a man marry against his parents' wishes, as Esau does. Abraham had placed such importance on Isaac marrying a Hebrew that Abraham had sent his servant back to their homeland to find a bride for Isaac. So, too, Isaac and Rebekah desired their sons to choose Hebrew wives. Wives became members of their husband's families, but such a transition entailed much more than moving to their husband's home. It also involved transferring allegiance to the new family. The cultural and spiritual differences between Esau's wives and their in-laws causes hardship for all involved. Once again, Esau makes a hasty choice rather than a good one, a choice that suggests he does not value his cultural or spiritual heritage. I feel like Esau is going to be in trouble. Genesis 27. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, 
my son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your weapons, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat, so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat, so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Esau is a hairy man and I'm a man with smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, my son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother and she prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebecca took the best clothes of Esau, her oldest son, which she had in the house and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with the goat skin. Then she handed to her son Jacob the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands and the, ha the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, so he blessed him. Are you really my son Esau? he asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he brought some wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's richness, and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you, and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I am your son, he answered, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him and indeed he will be blessed. 
When Esau heard his father's word, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob? He has deceived me these two times. He took my birthright, and now he's taking my blessing. Then he said, Haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have made him lord over you, and have made all his relatives his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's riches, richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword, and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. That's deep. What would you do in that case, angel? What? If you blessed Jenny Giles and you didn't bless me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't care because God blesses me. You don't determine nothing. So. But back then, God did give them the right to bless their children. But God knows me, so I don't care. <laughs> I wouldn't care. Because I wouldn't feel like God would just throw me away. And even if he did... He would still provide. He would still, like, I'd still have something to be grateful for, so I wouldn't really care. Yeah, I don't think it worked like that back then. That is not how it worked. So this is what, so, okay, so it says, Deathbed blessings had legal force in the Near East. Rebecca wants her favorite son, Jacob, to receive this blessing rather than her son, Esau, a rough hunter who is indifferent to his heritage and has married foreign women she doesn't approve of. Her mind probably returns to God's promise given before the twins were born, that Esau would serve his brother. She perhaps even uses God's promise as a rationale for taking matters into her own hands. Through her actions, Rebecca creates dangerous animosity between the two brothers, betrays her husband and one of her sons, and ends up sending her favorite son into exile to save his life. How often do we too grab hold of what we believe God wants to accomplish and use it to manipulate other people, rather than allow God's space to work his will in his timing and in his way? A part of me says that was always the will. That was what it was supposed to be. Everything that happened, happened the way it was supposed to happen. She knew, God told her in the beginning, that Esau was going to lose his birthright, you know, and all of this, and that Jacob would take over. Even though she's thinking that she was the one that did it, that made it happen that way, it was supposed to be that way anyway. But what I think, too, is Esau and his disobedience caused him to lose his birthright and his blessings. Because Esau was definitely a person that, kind of like you, but you might want to look into this, that has their own little mind frame and they do what they want to do because that's what they want to do. Not realizing that consequences come from doing what you want to do all the time. So I think that, yes, it was destined for him to, but I also believe that a part of his actions caused him to have um, 
his his blessings taken away from him. All right. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessings his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Uh oh. When Rebecca was told what her older son Esau had said, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said to him, your brother Esau is consoling himself with the thought of killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, I'll send word for you to come back from there. Why would I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from Hittite women like these, my life will not be worth living. They were serious about the women that they wanted for their children. 28. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him and commanded him, Do not marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Padan Aram, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of people. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now live as an alien, the land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way, and he went to Padanaram, to Laban, son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, who was the mother of Jacob and Esau. Now Esau learned that Isaac had blessed Jacob and had sent him to Padanaram to take a wife from there, and that when he blessed him, he commanded him, Do not marry a Canaanite woman, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and had gone to Padanaram. Esau then realized how displeasing the Canaanite women were to his father Isaac as he went to Ishmael and married Mahalath, Mahalath, the sister of Neboeth and the daughter of Ishmael, son of Abraham, in addition to the wives he already had. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reach into the heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sheep, not from his sheep, when Jacob, had, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. 
This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called the place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey, I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house. Then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So that's where the first mention of tithing comes in. A tenth. Tenth is all we have. Genesis 29. Then Jacob continued on his journey and came to the land of the eastern peoples. There he saw a well in the field with three flocks of sheep lying near it because the flocks were watered from that well. The stone over the mouth of the well was large when all the flocks were given um, were gathered there. The shepherds would roll the stone away from the well's mouth and water the sheep. Then they would return the stone to its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob asked the shepherds, my brothers, where are you from? We're from Haran, they replied. He said to them, do you know Laban, Nahor's grandson? Yes, we know him, they answered. Then Jacob asked them, is he well? Yes, he is, they said. And here comes his daughter, Rachel, with the sheep. Look, he said, the sun is still high. It is not time for the flocks to be gathered. Water the sheep and take them back to pasture. We can't, they replied until all the flocks are gathered and the stone has been rolled away from the mouth of the well. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep. Oh, Rachel. For she was a shepherdess. When Jacob saw Rachel, daughter of, the, of Laban, his mother's brother, and Laban's sheep, he went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the, of the well and watered his uncle's sheep. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep aloud. He told he had told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and a son of Rebekah. So she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he hurried to meet him. He embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his home. And there Jacob told him all these things. Then Laban said to him, you are my own flesh and blood. Hmm. After Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month, Laban said to him, Just because you are a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. Jacob was, was in love with Rachel, which is his cousin, by the way, and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give you, give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to lie with her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob, and Jacob lay with her. And Laban gave his servant girl Zilpah to his daughter, 
as her maidservant. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, it is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week. I then will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. Oh, gosh. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah. And then Laban gave him his daughter, Rachel, to be his wife. Laban gave his servant girl, Bilhah, to his daughter, Rachel, as her maidservant. Jacob labored Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Now at last my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. So he was named Levi. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. What do you think about this, angel? I see a lot of sons being birthed. I'm trying to figure out where all these, these women came from. Because all they talk about is boys being birthed. Where are the girls? What do you think? What? About Jacob and his situation. 14 years for one woman. <laughs> He's dedicated. You really want it. The things men used to do for their loves back in the day. <laughs> oh, how times have a changed. 14 years for one person? That's who he wanted to be with. And it was custom for the, the oldest to marry first. So in order for him to... Get Rachel, he had to get Leah first and spend another seven years. But he must have really loved her. And then he, here, she's another barren one. So barrenness is interesting because I wonder if that just runs in the family. Because it started with um, Sarah. And I think they all came from the same household. Where they all were related. So, but God opened their wounds, so that's good. Okay, chapter 30. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. So you waited 14 years and this woman, Lord. Jacob became angry with her and said, am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? Then she said, here, here is Bilhah. My maidservant, sleep with her so that she can bear children for me and that through her I can too build a family. So she gave her, she gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife. Jacob slept with her and she became pregnant and bore him a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me. He has listened to my plea and given me a son. Because of this, she named him Dan. That's the most <laughs> regular name in this whole Bible. 
Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, I have had a great struggle with my sister, and I have won. So she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her maidservant, Zilpah, Jacob was busy, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's servant, Zilpah, bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, well, good fortune. So she named him Gad. Leah's servant, Zilpah, bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, how happy I am. The woman will call me happy. So she named him Asher. During wheat harvest, Reuben went out into the fields and found some mandrake plants, which he brought to his mother Leah. Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, wasn't it enough that you took away my husband? Will you take my son's mandrakes too? Very well, Rachel said. He can sleep with you tonight and return for your son's mandrake. So when Jacob came in from the fields that evening, Leah went out to meet him. You must sleep with me, she said. I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he slept with her that night. God listened to Leah and she became pregnant and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my maidservant to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has presented me with a precious gift. This time my husband will treat me with honor because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Sometime later, she gave birth to a daughter, finally, and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, may the Lord add to me another son. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I have served you, and I will be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. He added, name your wages and I will pay them. Jacob said to him, you know how I have worked for you and how your livestock has fared under my care. The little you had before I came has increased greatly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I have been. But now, when may I do something for my own household? What shall I give you, he asked. Don't give me anything, Jacob replied. But if you will do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. Let me go through all your flocks today and remove from them every speckled or spotted sheep, every colored lamb, and every spotted or speckled goat. They will be my wages, and my honesty will testify for me in the future. Whenever you check on the wages you have paid me, any goat in my possession that is not spotted or speckled or any lamb that is not dark colored will be considered stolen. Agreed, said Laban. Let it be as you have said. That same day he removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all that had white on them, and all the dark-colored lambs, and he placed them in the care of his sons. Then he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. Jacob, however, took fresh-cut branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and made white stripes on them 
by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Then he placed the peeled branches in all the watering troughs so that they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. When the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they made it in front of the branches, and they bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. Jacob set apart the young of the flock by themselves, but made the rest face the streaked and dark-colored animals that belonged to Laban. Thus he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals. Whenever the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches and the trolls in front of the animals so that they would mate near the branches. But if the animals were weak, he would not place them there. So the weak animals went to Laban and the strong ones to Jacob. In this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and maidservants and men servants and camels and donkeys. What do you think? What? What do you think about this? Do you think that was a little um, deceitful? What, that he gave them animals? What he was doing with the animals. He was he was taking the strong ones for himself and giving Laban the weak ones. He had a way of doing that. You don't see anything wrong with that. Hmm. You want to continue on? What? You want to continue on reading? You want me to read? I'm saying, do you want to stop here or do you want to continue on? Is it long enough? Chapter 31 is pretty long. I mean, it's, it's a good amount. Let's start. I'm going to stop here. I think it'll get a little juicier. Because Jacob has a plan. Okay. As you can see. Jacob always had plans. And deceit was kind of always a part of his plan from the time he was born. That's why he's called Jacob. <laughs> he was this. He came out deceitful, and here we are, grown in life, thinking that people learn to lie. And Jacob has proven that you can be born. Being deceitful. We're all sinners. Yeah, but there's a difference. I mean, people sin in different ways, but I feel like, you know, lying is a little more thought out. It's like a little more thought out process than yeah. other things. Get it from his mama, obviously. Because she used to never be talking about something. No, we're gonna do this. We're gonna trick your dad, and we're gonna, we're gonna do all that and this and that. So yeah. that was her favorite. I know. So she wanted her favorite to have the best things. That's so sad. Yeah, it's interesting how, as a parent, you know, each child is so different, and there are children that you do tend to you love them all. Like, I believe that you do love them all. Um, but each child needs certain things. So your attention is a little different for each child. And if anyone says different, I don't, I don't know how true that is, but 
I can only speak for myself. You know, three children came from both parents, but they all are different. And they all require different levels of attention or abuse. No, I'm just kidding. Abuse? (laughs) What I mean by abuse is just like, you know, um, what's the word? Chastisement. Not abuse, of course not abuse. Hmm. Discipline. Yeah. Different 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 levels of discipline is needed for each child. You know? I know he needs more discipline. You said some people need more discipline? I said I know he needs more discipline. Angel. No. Mm. Charles. (laughs) Yeah. He wasn't always like that though. I can't say that he was always like that. It's kind of always like that. No. Before you came, I can't say that. I was like three years before me. I know, but he, he wasn't he wasn't like that. Yeah, but he became like that and nothing changed. He's still like that, so Yeah. Divorce is very hard on children sometimes. But I guess you have to look at like a loveless marriage versus a divorce. Like staying for the sake of the children or not you have to outweigh or you have to weigh it which you probably cannot weigh it because only god knows if you stay what it would have been like if you left what it would have been like you just don't know so all right was there anything else you want to talk about regarding the reading the scripture did you learn anything Mm, not really i mean not pertaining me I learned that some people are like naturally born hustlers. That he reminds me of just a naturally Jacob. born hustler. Yes, some people just have that gift. Like I want the gift of hustling, not Wait, in a so negative way, but just being able to create good things for myself. Esau just fell off the face of the earth, or something. No, we're gonna get just... to Esau next. I'm talking about him. the next couple of chapters. He's gonna go back, but remember, he spent over fourteen years. And his parents' um, family's town getting his wife. So Esau is not mentioned in those 14 years because that story was about Jacob. But in a couple of chapters, we're going to get back to him and, and Esau. But he probably has to build his wealth and stuff before he can leave Laban. So that's why he's faking him out with the stock or the flock. Not the stock, the flock. He's 52 faking him out. To naturally be born a hustler. I don't think any of my kids are naturally born hustlers. It's because you spoiled all of us. Well, it's clear Jacob was spoiled too by Rebecca. She's very, very much. He stayed home. You can, like, he literally knew how to cook because he was up under his mother. Like, Jacob, that's how he got Esau's birthright. Because he was making them the meals. And Esau was like, yo, can I get some of this? Like, it was worth him giving up his whole... Didn't she cook that? No. No. Jacob cooked that. Rebecca cooked the one that he gave to his father for the blessing. But it clearly stated that Jacob stayed near the tent. Which means he stayed home up under his mama. And he learned how to cook bread and rice and beans. I can cook and too. soup. 
can he cook. was a mama's boy. I didn't learn cooking from you, though. No, because you don't never want to be in the kitchen. I learned cooking on my own. <laughs> well, I did too. Well, I well, yeah. I mean, technically, we all learn cooking on your own because you have to do it. But I was around my grandmother enough to kind of see what I wanted to learn how to cook or what I liked. You don't cook enough for me to be like, oh my god. Not anymore. No, I don't. <laughs> I refuse. Y'all are grown. I refuse. So I have to cook everything, which I'm okay with because one day I'm gonna be. You're learning. But you do a good job, and that's all that's important. I know I do a good job. Importante. I think your best meal... You told me this already. Which one? The salmon and... Um, it's like a macaroni and cheese salmon thing. It's not macaroni and cheese. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> is it fettuccine and shell? Yeah, it's like fettuccine. Like but it's it's not this fettuccine noodle. It's the... It's the well, it could be. It doesn't matter what noodle. No, there's a specific one it's that you make. It's the bow tie make. noodle or the spaghetti noodle. Yeah. No, I think it was the bow tie one. That was. The, was it the bow tie one that was the best? Yes. Yeah, with the salmon. I think we can sell that. You want to sell all my stuff? No, not all of it. Just some of it, and that's one of them that I would. I would sell. I think that would do well. I really made that because I didn't know what else to do. But well, it was good. It, sometimes you be doing too much spicy. Like I, I need to spice. enjoy. I need to enjoy my food. I can't not breathe and have to be blowing my nose spice and is stuff. Good. You're just your tolerance is just low. Yeah, yeah, it's really low with all that spice. But that's a good dish. That's a very good dish. I must. I met. I must admit that's a very good dish. Yeah, and I made it because I didn't know what else to do. I was supposed to be making salmon cakes and it just did turn out. So I was just like, I'm just going to make this. But the salmon cakes were good too. Those were good. I I think your salmon cakes were the first salmon cakes I ever had with fresh salmon. Every salmon cake I've ever had that I know of has been from a can. Because I don't think I've had salmon cake in a restaurant. So I'm not sure. It's not that hard. You just cook the I mean, it's the same concept, but I just never... First of all, us... Black folk growing up was not purchasing fresh salmon. That's number one. <laughs> I feel like that's something new in the past 10 years. Fresh so salmon. Like if you was, you wouldn't eat like salmon? Like No, we had salmon in a can. Where we had to oh, take out those over rice or salmon cakes. Take out the bones. Well, I, I always yeah. take out the bones out the can. I don't like crunching it's, into my... It's salmon easier cake. the other way then. You don't got to do all that. I know. But <laughs> we didn't, we just, we're not privy to, like, fresh salmon. I don't know if it was just pricier back then, or they just didn't really sell it like that. Or if that was, like, just a restaurant treat or something. But it was always canned salmon. Hmm. I like my way better. With butter? I said I like my way better. Yeah. It was good. It's good to taste fresh salmon cakes. Hmm. I got two salmon dishes. Oh, my goodness. Fresh salmon salmon cakes and What's going to happen to your restaurant? I don't know. I have to think about this. It's kind of cool. But anyway. You can sell your chocolate chip cookies. Hmm. That's interesting. What an interesting meal. Salmon and cookies. <laughs> Not gonna be salmon and cookies. No, I know. 
interesting. Okay. I didn't talk at all. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, she said she wasn't really in the best mood. I thought it would help her. But maybe not today. It's because my stomach is just... I know. I understand. Most most women will understand. So, but we wanted to continue on with our... I learned some stuff. I did learn. Did you call me hard-headed or something somewhere? In between? Yes, you heard it. You heard it. I don't think I'm that hard-headed. You're a Taurus the bull. No, I'm not. So, uh, stubborn. I'm a child of God. Stubborn part 101. I understand. Stubborn part 101. I'm not that stubborn. You're so... <laughs> what? Anyway, you want to pray us out? Mm-mm. You prayed us in. I know, but you can pray us out. (laughs) No, I prayed last time. Come on. See, this is what I'm talking about. Mom, (laughs) pray. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for the reading of your word. We ask that it adds a blessing to our lives and that what we learn today helps guide us in the direction that we should go. And thank you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Next week. We're gonna we're gonna get back on track. We've been saying that for about a month. <laughs> it's been a kind of a, just a rough month, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but we'll get back on track. And um have to do our other one because we haven't been like We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. I feel like we stay up on this. It's I think it's the topic sometimes, just trying to figure out what the topics are. That's why it's called I Don't Know, because... You don't know. You really just don't know. But we'll go into that next. But until then, hit subscribe to all our channels. Subscribe? Yeah, because you have to subscribe to all the channels. We don't even have that yet. We do have channels. We have follow, not subscribe. Oh, Follow. I thought it was subscribe. No, because subscribers got to pay money. Oh, okay. We don't have subscription now. Okay. Follow our (laughs) different platforms. And if you'd like to donate, that is in our description. I think we got an email on our thing. We did? Somebody emailed us? And you didn't tell me? This was like a day ago. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, we're going to check that email. And see who it is. Slacking on your Mac and girl. Slacking on I your didn't Mac. I don't want to answer the email because you are the more business person and I don't really know if mm. that was okay. okay Alrighty. So until next week. Bye. Bye.